Captain's Log, Stardate 75924.8. I'm en route to Deep Space Nine, where the legendary Captain Benjamin Sisko served for many years. It is here that I will be meeting with the current station commander, as well as Bajoran representatives. Lieutenant Commander Eric joins me. This episode of These Are the Voyages is brought to you by Dan Bradley. Thank you. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me once again for some voyaging into nostalgia land, my dear friend, Lieutenant Commander Eric. How you doing, bud? I'm doing quite well today. Oh, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, not absolutely? Absolutely, positively, tootly. Okay. You're, you're absolutely radiant. I love it. I am. I am. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> as you should be, as we will... Um, as the title of this episode maybe gives it away, we're going to be talking about some Deep Space Nine today, baby. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Deep Space Nine. That's right. It's been a long road getting from there to here to talk about, you know, that random space station show of Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, man, um, as we as we get this thing going, like we, we always do, seemingly... How you been? What's been what's been going on in your world since we last uh, crossed paths? Uh, I mean, I uh, <laughs> this is a funny story. So um, Saturday night, we're uh, your friend and I were just sitting around, not doing anything, and uh, you know, uh, usually sometimes she goes and picks up her mom from work. Sometimes she just gets her gets her lift. Um, but like her mom, her mom works at some restaurant. And uh, her mom called her and was like, uh, "Yeah, we're gonna, I'm gonna be late. Uh, you know, the, the restaurant's still open. Some some party came in. They're gonna be here for a while." And uh, and she's like, and then she hears noise. She's like, "Have you ever heard of somebody called Ice Vanilla?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, sounds like a I'm Starbucks just, order. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. And my mom's like, "Ice Vanilla? What?" And then, and then you hear like chirping again. It's like, no, vanilla ice, <laughs> vanilla ice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, vanilla ice is in the restaurant right now. <laughs> and I'm hearing this. I'm like, and I wait, and uh, she, my girlfriend finishes the conversation. I'm like, what was that about? <laughs> She's like, apparently vanilla ice is at little mom's restaurant. I was like, so we're going over there, right? <laughs> That's fantastic, dude. Yeah, I. So we drove over there and we waited. We waited, you know, outside, and uh, we were just playing it off cool, like we were there to pick up her mom, not to like meet Vanilla Ice. Right, 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 right. Well played, <laughs> right. <good> sir. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw so, that. Yeah, so we met. We met Vanilla Ice. We got. A, we had a picture with him. He was really cool about it. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I saw that yeah. on your on uh, one of your accounts, and um, 
I remember I was like, I was like looking for like the perfect GIF to to comment back on, but I couldn't find the one that I wanted, so I just I left it as like a reaction and stuff. But I was trying to find like him in uh, Ninja Turtles two, just saying go ninja, go ninja, go ninja, go. Yeah, well, no, no, I was like, I was like. Should I bring up Ninja Turtles, how I, how I loved him in it? And she, my girlfriend's like, don't talk about that. He probably hates that. And, like, there was somebody else who was, who was like, waiting for him outside who he, who apparently this guy, like, tracks down celebrities and gets them to sign things. But uh, this, guy, this guy was also there, brought him, like, a signed basketball jersey from one of the Dallas Mavericks because Vinalice is from Dallas originally. <clears throat> and sure. then in exchange for that had him sign a bunch of stuff and he was signing all the Ninja Turtles to like things like Ninja Turtle things that's so cool and when I saw it I was like what, what do you mean don't bring him Ninja Turtles he's signing all the Ninja Turtle stuff <laughs> <laughs> a missed opportunity my friend a missed opportunity wow though that's that's really cool though that's really cool I mean, oh. if you can't get excited about, like, second-rate celebrities from the 90s, what can you get excited about? Dad gum, dude. That's savage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it's it's true, though. Uh, I think he was on... Um, um, VH1 had, like, the celebrity... Yeah, the, the Surreal the Life. Surreal I'm pretty life. sure he was on The Surreal Life about a he decade and a half two ago. two seasons of it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then he had some like house flipping show too. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's cool, dude. That I, I was I was I was really excited for you. Like I'm not a big Vanilla Ice fan, but like, dude, like just like running into you know a celebrity in the wild is just so so stinking cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> in the wild. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like. I mean, he's from Dallas, and he's down, like, in the, the hill country, for crying out loud, at, like, some random well, restaurant. Well, I think he was, perf- he was, apparently he was performing at SeaWorld earlier that day. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. Well, it hasn't been as, excite- as exciting um, on my end as it has been for yours, but, um, you know, recently we, um, uh, we celebrated my wife's birthday. So she's uh, she made another orbit around the sun, um, you know. So good job for her. Uh, we got to um, eat some tasty uh, cheesecake factory, and uh, we did get cheesecake um, to boot. So um, yeah, had had a good time doing that, and um, that was pretty much my weekend and um, la- last last time. So um, that's I mean that's all I got. I mean that's really all that's been happening, and. Um, just, I'm on this side of the dirt, so it's got to count for something, I suppose. There That's we go. right. Very good. Well, um, anyway, Eric, we have been doing, um, you know, for, gosh, the last, what, year, year and a half, off and on, we've been, like, you know, ticking away at the, at the different captains of the different series and ships and whatnot, um, and I think it all started with Picard, if I'm not mistaken, when we were kick- when we were originally doing Picard season one, like long, long time ago. Goodness. Um, and most recently, we did um, yeah. an episode on Janeway, and um, now here we are. We're we're about to do Cisco. We're about to talk about some definitive Cisco, and um, with that comes, of course, a litany of Deep Space Nine episodes. 
Now, Eric, I think we've talked about this. Um, you and I have probably talked about this. I know I've talked to other friends about this. And I know Deep Space Nine has this reputation of um, having a different name, uh, Deep Sleep Nine. But um, with this show, um, I finally gave it a chance. I think I've, I've talked about this before because um, there was a hole in my Trekkie heart that needed to be filled because I had never watched all the way through. I always stopped somewhere like in season one or season two. And for me, it just really took off once I got like midway through, early to midway through season three, basically. Um, I know you love this show. I know you love this show. What about Deep Space Nine as a series do you love? Do you, do you just really enjoy? Well, for me, it's it's the character moments. Like, essentially, if you watch um, the original series, Captain Kirk is the same character throughout the whole thing. Like, Spock is the same character throughout the whole thing. That's done on purpose because Gene Roddenberry literally said, I want you to be able to watch any episode in any order and be able to understand what's going on. So you can't really have character growth at that point. In The Next Generation, Captain Picard, yeah, he goes through a few changes, but he's essentially the same person at the end of the show as he is at the beginning. There's not, we don't see a huge amount of growth. And again, that's because it's episodic. It's it's meant to be that way. But if you look at Deep Space Nine, like the care because it's it's more long form. I'm not going to say it's necessarily serialized because it doesn't have, you know, discovery type arcs. Right. Sure. Or Picard type arcs. It's 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 but it does have long form storytelling. And so because of that, you see something that happens in season 1 or 2 is going to come back and play a big role in season 3, 4, or 5. 100%. And so you look at this growth of Cisco, where he is in in the pilot, like basically like a broken man, you know, considering resigning from Starfleet to right. where he is at in the series finale. He's a completely different person. You look at Kira Norris, like she was where she is in the pilot, just a, like a hothead. The Federation is super naive. You don't belong here. And she's just angry all the time to where she is at the end, how she's opened up, she's she's loosened up, she's become she has she has fun at the end, right? She's like a different character. Hundred percent. And then and then, you know, you see all like when you're on a space station, you have all these side characters. I mean, obviously you have Gold Ducat, right? Who I think is like Just a simple tailor. An ama- an amazing uh, no, no, Gold Ducat. Yeah, not not Ducat, sorry. An amazing character, yeah. Garrick. Yeah. Garrick Garrick isn't yeah. like where from where Garrick starts to where Garrick ends up. There's like a scene in season in episode seven where he's like, "It's odd. Everyone around here seems to trust me. I don't like it." <laughs> 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 and then you see like like Nog, for instance, goes from he he works in Quark's bar. He can't even read. And then where he is at the end, he's in Starfleet, and he's he's an he's an officer. And you see Damar. Look at Damar as a character, right? Damar starts out, he's just background bridge character, in 
in Ducat's ship after Ducat gets demoted. And at the end, he's he's the leader of the Cardassian Union. He's inspiring Cardassians to, like, change their planet and, like, work for a better future. And when he get, when he's killed, spoiler alert, in the finale, you know, charging Central, Command, charging Central Command, it's like a really touching moment. And those are just things you don't see in the other shows, is this, this right. amazing character development, character growth. And I think that's what truly sets um, Deep Space Nine apart from the other series, just because of the way it is designed. Sure. Sure. And the the thing I'm going to like totally rip off what um, um, Armin Shimmerman said in um, in the documentary, um, what we left behind. You know, the thing that really that makes this show so different, of course, is the fact that it's stationary. At least, you know, for you know, 85 percent of the time, 90 percent of the time, it's it's a stationary show. Like the trouble comes to the station. Um, you know, we were like all these other shows. Like it's about like boldly going and exploring civilizations and species and et cetera, et cetera. Like we've come to know with with Star Trek. But what Armin said, guy that plays Quark, for anyone that didn't make that connection, um, he said, you know, like our show was um, was the best Trek in a lot of ways. Um, you know, in you know we. We did um, an exploration. We did the exploration of the inside instead of the outside. Like we, we went inner instead of outer in terms of our exploration. Which, um, for people that maybe aren't the biggest fans of like character-driven stories, um, that can feel like a slog. Um, like you can feel like the like it just feels slower and, and maybe monotonous in some ways. But there's something wonderful about those that kind of storytelling of of you know trouble coming and what do we do in terms of like our with our inner self and when trouble comes to us instead of like uh, like just change like shifting the overall paradigm of how we do exploration in star trek and i gotta say like that was like part of the problem for me in the beginning was like i felt like it was just going so slow i'm like come on man like let's just pick up the pace let's do some more plot driven kind of stuff but like there was just a switch, like I've said before, that just really took place and um, really made this a phenomenal experience for me. And it's in um, certainly my top three, um, you know, Star Trek shows in general, top three, top five, whatever of, of Star Trek in general. So, um, yeah, I'd never heard that that phrase like deep sleep nine until you mentioned it one time. And then, really, like, I, I heard Marina Sirtis mentioned it. Like she was, she was the one. She was criticizing, criticizing it, and I'm like, I this show is not boring. Like, yeah, like, like I'm gonna say something here. We were trying to. I was like, we were in a show hole, my girlfriend and I, and I was like, let's let's watch The Sopranos. Like, I got HBO Max. I gotta get my get my money's worth out of it. And like, <laughs> so she's like, okay, yeah, let's watch The Sopranos. Like, The Sopranos is great. And, um, and like the whole time we're watching it, she's just like on her phone. She's like not interested. And after like five episodes, she's just like, this show is really boring. Can we stop watching it? I'm like, Sopranos is not boring. How dare you <laughs> say that? Take it back. Take it back. <laughs> How dare you say that? <laughs> but like, yeah, because I guess I think she was expecting more gangster stuff to happen. Sure. But like, 
you know, I don't know if you've ever seen The Sopranos or not. I've not. But it's 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 a family drama first and a gangster drama second. Right? And so okay. I think it was just about expectations. And so okay. I think when when you're used to the original series, you're on a ship, you're exploring, you're doing things, right? And then the next generation, you're on a ship and you're boldly going from planet to planet to planet and you're doing things. It's it's about expect you. Ex- that's what you think Star Trek is, and then when sure. you see, okay, now we're on a little spaceship and we're not going places, and people have to come to us, and there are moments where you know we're off duty, right? We're not always on duty, and so a lot of the the exploring or the boldly going comes from exploring people, and it, it's right. it's very different. Very yes, very 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 different for sure um so i guess you know with with that in mind um you know i we i re- like i've said before you know i know not every single star trek appeals to every single person but there is something that in star trek as a whole that can appeal to every single person um so whether it's you know discovery it's lower decks it's deep space nine it's voyager it's whatever you know, if something's your favorite, if you really enjoy it, enjoy it, right? Like, I'm not here to yuck your yum. You know, enjoy your Star Trek, whatever it is that, whatever it is. So, um, I guess like the thing that um, <clears throat> that we're going to be doing when it comes to this ep- to this um, particular episode of the podcast is like we've done before, um, looking at episodes that maybe um, if we had to condense down you know, a hundred and some odd episodes of a series down to, you know, 10 to 15 or whatever the list might be, what would they be? Well, this is kind of like what we're kind of doing in terms of a definitive Cisco kind of list, looking at commander slash captain Cisco of Deep Space Nine and kind of maybe how to go through it basically. Yeah. So, um, like I, like we do every single time, Eric and I have not shared our lists with one another, um, but inevitably we end up having like very, very similar lists uh, without even looking. <laughs> well, I mean, there are some there. I mean, there are some things that you know are kind of it's expected. inevitable that you, you, you're going to share them in common because they're so important. Right, right. So. Um, Anyway, let's um, let's get cracking uh, with our with our list, dude. So, um, I'm willing to bet that um, the one that um, that is going to kick this off is probably the series pilot, the series premiere, emissary one and two. Yes. Okay. Um, Look, series premieres are always going to be on these lists for crying out loud because that's where we meet everyone. That's where we're introduced to um, to our cast, and in this case, Commander Cisco. So this is the first show, dude, uh, and everyone in listener land that we do not have a captain. We do like our our show lead is not a captain. They are a commander. They're commanding a a space station um, because that's you have a commander of a space station. You have a captain of a ship. Is basically like how. The, the writers and producers and stuff were were kind of keying this up or, or you know teeing it up uh, for the most part. So do you want you want to speak to that, Eric? Yeah. Um, 
I think I think some people say this. They're like, well, if D Space Nine was such an important station, like, why did they only put a commander in charge of it? Why did they not put a captain in charge? It doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, well, it makes perfect sense if you're not just trying to criticize the show because <laughs> D Space Nine was not an important station when we right. open, right? This was like the wormhole. No one knew it existed, right? This was not like a big port where there was going to be people coming in to explore and do commerce and things. It was, it was as Julian Bashir called it, real the real frontier. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> this frontier is my home. Major Kira retorts. <laughs> But, you know, it was like Bajor was, Bajor was like not, you know, they they were not an important planet, let's be honest, right? They weren't, there was nothing that Bajor really had that other people wanted, except the Cardassians. But, like, right. they weren't, they didn't have, like, they wasn't a major hub of trade. There, there wasn't, there weren't people, like, going to Bajor. This was, this was not an important station and so I think that's why we get a commander in charge of the station instead of a captain that's why we get you know we don't get like a lieutenant commander to be our chief engineer we get you know a senior enlisted man right in Miles right. O- and Chief O'Brien right to right. be our, our head engineer here because it wasn't important it wasn't this big deal and I've heard you know that statement like you know captains are in charge of ships and commanders are in charge of space stations I don't necessarily agree with that but I I can see where the logic is in that statement yeah yeah and um, I think that was like something that um, I mean they were of course they were trying to distinguish the show from um, the next generation which was the only other Star Trek show on at the time and, you know, shortly thereafter, of course, Voyager came around um, and we were back to ships um, in that show. But um, but yeah, like that was part of like the, the distinction they were trying to make with this particular show. Like instead of ships, we're dealing with the station. Instead of a captain leading us, we have a commander. Um, and oh, by the way, it's a black male lead um, played by Avery Brooks, um, by the way. And um, fantastic decision, I think. I, th- I thought, um, you know, Avery Brooks is as Cisco fantastic actor did a remarkable job in the role as Benjamin Sisko um, who um, in um, unlike you know um, Kirk who's from Iowa and um, Picard who's from uh, France and later on you know Janeway from uh, Indiana this guy is from Louisiana so he's got like a little bit of, a, of some Cajun flair to him he's from New Orleans yeah man so um, anyway that's that's that. Um, so let's get into, I guess, the real list because, of course, like emissary one and two well, is well, kind of a given. Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, <clears throat> I think I think I want to talk a little bit more about about this episode sure. before we move on, because <clears throat> you know, Starfleet officers are often presented as like perfect people, right? I mean. Picard is portrayed as almost a perfect person. Riker as a perfect person. Sure. Sure, they have a sure they have a little bit of issues, but like Cisco is not a perfect person here. He is a no. very broken man in this episode, right? And it, it stems from the fact that, like, first of all, 
he had you know he wasn't married to his job like we think like starfleet officers they're married to the job like their career is all that's important to them and they don't have time for for a family but like cisco made time for a family he had a wife jennifer he has his son jake right jake is a is a main cast member throughout the entire throughout mm-hmm. the entire show um even though i, th- I think kira Lofton only appears in like 90 episodes out of like the 170 something but he's, he's a main cast member and you know in battle at wolf 359 you know cisco encountered picard and his wife was was his wife was killed and it it and his son was almost killed and it it broke him um and we're three years later but he really he really still hasn't recovered from that incident and and he meets with he has this meeting with captain picard a really a really tense meeting and um and he's like, you know, uh, I'm raising a son by myself. This is not an ideal situation. And Captain McCard's like, as Starfleet officers, we don't always have luxury of serving in an ideal situation. He's like, I'm aware of that. <laughs> and I'm considering resigning my commission and taking civilian work back home. Right? So this is like, he's like, he's not like committed to Starfleet. He's, he's like, you know, I don't know if I want to be here right now. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> and the whole point of this episode, I think, is him, like, figuring out that he, he wants to stay. You know, he gets named, like, he meets with Kai Opaka, the religious leader. Right. And she's like, you're going to be the emissary of the prophets. You're going to find the celestial temple, which is the wormhole. And he meets these aliens. And... And he's trying to explain to them like linear time, right? But right. they like they don't understand it. And they keep bringing him back to the moment where his wife dies on on the ship, and they're like, "If you're linear, why do you exist here? Why do you live here in this moment?" And he's like, "I'm." He's like, he's stuck in that moment where his wife died, right? That like, why do you exist here? Well, because I haven't been able to get over this. I haven't been able to move on from it. Yeah. But, like, they kind of, like, you know, give him new purpose, These the, the prophets or the wormhole aliens. Yeah. And thank you for slowing me down because I would have, like, that, yeah. So with this, like, you, you hit on a, a very good point with the fact that he's he's not this perfect Starfleet officer like we maybe have have come to expect right and he he does have a family like he has a son he he's a he's a widower for crying out loud and we see the role that these relationships play including his relationship with Bajorans and the celestial temple as the emissary so this this particular character is so incredibly multifaceted in a way that maybe other captains haven't been since or, or at all really um, I would say um, he is a very complex character in Star Trek and I love it mm-hmm. he's he, I mean like he has a son and like <clears throat> I think I think that as as we move through this list and, and talk about this character I think like D Space Nine is a show about relationships more so 100%. than it is about plot I mean obviously it becomes very plot driven toward the end <clears throat> but it's still about relationships 
And I think that for for Cisco to understand Cisco as a character, you have there are three relationships that are really important. And I think first and foremost is his relationship with his son Jake. Jaco, yes. like, I, I mean, I, I mean, as a parent, that's I think that's that's where that's that's the most important relationship. Um, the other relationship is Cisco's relationship with the prophets. I think that's 100%. in order to understand him that's important <clears throat> and to me i think the third relationship that's important is his relationship with goldukat like i think those okay. are the three things that are important to understand about ben cisco what's his relationship okay. with his son what's his relationship with the prophets what's his relationship with goldukat because the show really becomes a a showdown between Cisco and Ducat, right? You think about it at the beginning, you know, Ducat was the prefect of Bajor, he was in charge. Now Cisco's becoming in charge. And at the end, you know, Cisco is the emissary of the prophets, Ducat yeah. is the emissary yeah. of the Pares, and the end of the show is not the end of the Dominion War. The end of the show is like Cisco versus Ducat. That's how the show ends. Right. Like, there's right. a whole other hour. There's a whole other hour after we defeat the Dominion. So I took a, a, a pretty similar approach in my episode selection, but instead of, like, the focus on Ducat, like you're, you're pointing out, I took it as, um, of course, like, relationship with Jake, uh, with, with, um, with Bajor and, and uh, the Prophets, um, and then finally with, like his sense of duty and leadership like that's kind of how i how i went with it so okay um it'll be interesting to see like how um maybe some of these episodes these ideas maybe overlap maybe they don't um so um i'm probably gonna get in trouble with you eric for how far ahead i jump uh with with uh, the episode after emissary (laughs) no no (laughs) um but I'm trying to think definitively, right? So, like, key moments. At least what I think a key moment is. So I'm skipping all the way to the end of season two. The Jem'Hadar. Okay. Okay. The Jem'Hadar. So Let's talk we, about that. So with the Jem'Hadar, um, you know, we're, we're really and truly getting introduced to this enemy uh, called the Dominion. Like, this idea of, of like, the Dominion and like the foot soldiers and everything like that um so knowing that in like how that essentially sets up everything that follows in season three and beyond really throughout the rest of the show and just how much we ramp up um this idea of the dominion um like the whole um the the jemhadar the ketracel white the Vorta, the everything. Um, like, it all starts right here as far as I'm concerned. Um, so I see this be, um, as being important, not just to the show, but to Cisco because of the exposure that he gets in, ter- in, in, in perhaps a similar way that the next-gen crew did with the Borg when we're, um, when we're first introduced to the Borg in season two of that show, and then, like, a season later, you know, we get best of both worlds one and two. So that's kind of where I'm at with justifying it on a, on a Cisco list. Was this on your list okay. at all? Uh, this episode is not on my list. Okay. 
and I think maybe this episode's not on my list. It it, it is I it is a Cisco episode, right? Um, but I guess I considered it more of like a plot episode necessarily than a Cisco episode, if if you can make that distinction. Okay. Not that Cisco episodes aren't plot episodes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So next up on my list, I'm also jumping to the end of season two. Right? <laughs> not that there's not good stuff in season one. There but like 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 yeah, you get you get emissary at the at the beginning, and then I think episode two is about Odo, which is an interesting episode. And then you get the yeah. last two episodes of season one, which are really good, like duet and and the hands of the prophets. But and then yeah. season two opens good, like that three part episode. But like yeah, I'm gonna jump to the end of season two. And okay. I'm going to go to episodes 20 and 21 of season two called the Maquis. Ooh, I thought about this one. I mean, this is an absolutely essential episode to deep space nine. This is an essential episode to just understanding nineties Trek. Like if you don't know who the Maquis are, if you don't understand like what their relationship is with Starfleet and Cardassia, you're you're not going to understand like '90s Trek. You're not going to understand what happens moving forward here. You're not going to understand what happens in Voyager. It's absolutely essential to understand the Maquis. And and not only is it a plot episode, but it's it's a it's a Cisco episode, right? It is absolutely okay. about Benjamin Cisco because I mean. I get, like he's gonna be betrayed here by a, a good friend of his, right? Who ends up joining the Maquis, be out of principle, and it's not gonna sit well with him. He's not gonna take it very well being betrayed by this friend of his because he just didn't see it. He did not see it coming, and um, it's gonna it's gonna really upset him. He's gonna get really upset about what happens here. And I think being betrayed here the way he is, I think changes him as a person. And when he gets betrayed again later, he's not going to take it very well then either. Sure. And I think a lot of that, a lot of his relationship with the Maquis moving forward really depends upon what happens here in this episode. Okay. And and I'm, I'm always a fan of these quotes here. And there's just a, a a genius, brilliant quote that, like, you know, Avery Brooks and um, <clears throat> and Cisco, he loved to give his speeches, didn't he? Boy, did he! And and he had a weird cadence, not a weird cadence, but he had a, a unique cadence when he delivered them. It was like almost like um like an iambic pentameter kind of way of delivering a speech. It was almost like stop and go in a certain sense, right? Right, right. But but he he he's he's dressing down down Major Kira like just because she's the person there, not because he's upset with her. He's just really upset, <clears throat> and he's like, "Do you know what the trouble is? The trouble is Earth. On Earth there is no poverty, no crime, no war. You look out the window of Starfleet headquarters and you see paradise. It's easy to be a saint in paradise, but the Maquis do not live in paradise." <laughs> Out there in the demilitarized zone, all the problems haven't been solved yet. Out there, there are no saints, just angry people, scared, determined people who are going to do whatever it takes to survive. 
whether yeah. it meets with Federation approval or not. Very and good. he's basically he was like, yeah, it's good. It's easy to be an upstanding citizen when you have all of your needs taken care of and you're perfectly safe. But when you now live in Cardassian space, it's not so easy to be a saint. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and I, I just I think this is a, is a fantastic episode, and it's absolutely essential to understanding Cisco and Star Trek in the '90s in general. Yeah. So, we'll we'll get back to to some of this Maquis stuff here in here in just a little while. I, I'm I'm willing to bet. Um. So with mine, um, I went with the search. Part one and two. Okay. So um, I think this is where we start seeing um, uh, a lot of of um, development, like early development of some stuff. Um, for the most part, with him and some of his relationships, like we were talking about. Um, this is where uh, Deep Space Nine gets um, a ship attached to it. The Defiant, an experimental warship um, that um, Cisco is now going to be in charge of, and um, along with it comes um, comes like an officer or two, one of which being named Eddington, which we might want to remember that name um, a little bit later on. Um, but yeah, like this is, I think this is important because he's the Defiant becomes a very important thing later on. Um, very important, especially when we get into like the wartime um, for for the fleet, and the Defiant does a lot of crazy missions with Cisco commanding it. So we're really really getting like some true like ship command stuff from him, like the the earliest part of this, and which I think is gonna which will certainly pay off a little bit later on. So um, I think the inclusion of that. Um, as well as, you know, having, you know, a little bit more in the way of, like, um, like the Dominion um, really being in this, really seeing some more Jem'Hadar in this, like, kind of continuing along with how Season 2 ended, and this literally being the next episode, um, like, even more. So, um, I don't know, was the search on, on your list at all? It's not, no. Okay, look at that. We already got some diversity, I, I man. Think- I think the search would be if if you're picking like essential Deep Space Nine episodes, the search would be on that list. Okay. Right? To understanding like the story of Deep Space Nine. Because so much is revealed and so much takes place. Boy, like isn't the Defiant. It? The Defiant is there and um, Something to do with learn, Odo. We yeah, we learn about Odo and we learn about the the Dominion. But it, it would definitely be essential, um, <clears throat> D Space Nine, but I don't have it as essential Cisco. And I see, and this is kind of where I, what I was teasing here a few minutes ago about, you know, how you you said like there's three things right with Cisco, Jake, the Prophets, and um, Gold Dukat. And for me, it was Jake, the Prophets, and his duty, his his leadership, his service type of thing. So that's kind of how I'm justifying it, like his growth as a leader um, okay. in this. Yeah, no, that makes so. perfect sense. So, um, anyway, okay. Keep on going. So why don't why don't we just get into the Eddington of it all, right? 
I mean, <laughs> I, I, I said, you know, when talking about the Maquis, that Cisco was betrayed by a friend of his, sure. and he did not see it coming. And uh, he's going to be betrayed again, and he's not going to take it very well. So there are some moments in this list where I'm going to, like, cheat. And I'm going to put some things together. They're not just one episode, but I'm going to count them as one. And I'm going to count. I'm going to put these together. I'm going to put for the cause from season four and for the uniform from season five. And I'm going to count that as one. I'm going to put those two episodes. And that's going to be one. Even okay. though it's not, like, technically one episode. It's, it's not, like... You know, a series finale, a season finale, season premiere. <clears throat> but it's like, this is where we learn Commander Eddington is not who we think he is. He's part of the Maquis. What? Yeah. <gasps> and um, <clears throat> he he totally pulls the wool wool over Cisco's eyes. Uh, ever everybody. But but in doing so, though, I also think. Like he, Eddington uses Cisco's relationship with Cassidy Yates, right? Cassidy Yates, the woman who, mm -hmm. who would become his wife later on. Like he uses her to like fool him, and I, I think this is really the episode where we see Cisco and Cassidy's relationship really like start to bloom. Even though like she gets arrested and goes to jail, I think this is the episode where like <clears throat> you know their relationship takes off but like man when when we learn this and they have this talk and he's like you know what Mr. Eddington I don't give a damn what you think of the Federation the Maquis or anything else all I know is that you betrayed your oath your duty and me and if it takes me the rest of my life I will see you standing before a court martial that will break you and send you to a penal colony where you'll spend the rest of your days growing old and whether, wondering whether a ship full of replicators was really worth it. And and he's not that calm when he says it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, and then, like... Yeah, hold go on, ahead. go ahead. No, and then the, then the follow-up episode in the next season, right? You know, we're, we're on the hunt for Eddington, right? He's, he's betrayed us, he's out there, but we're on the hunt for him, and called for the uniform yep and cisco is you know he's like he, i've been betrayed and it's my duty to to bring him in and there's this scene where he's like he's punching he's punching this punching bag and jed z is holding it and he's like he worked under me for a year and a half i saw him almost every day read his reports had him for dinner I even took him to a baseball game <laughs> and i never and i never saw it coming it's my job to be a good judge of character. What did I do? Not only did I not see it, I put him up for a promotion. He played me all right. And what is my excuse? Is he a changeling? No. Is he a being with seven lifetimes of experience? No. Is he a wormhole alien? No. He's just a man like me, and he beat me. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, how could I be beaten by this man? And it's like, I, I, he's so angry. And he, he really doesn't react. He ends up capturing Eddington at the end, but some people say he overreacts. Yeah. Th so um, for the cause wasn't on my list, but for the uniform was. 
Um, that's okay. Uh, yeah, see, on. I cheated. I put them together. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love this thing. Like they're like they have this like Les Mis like thing going back and forth, like with um, you know, like the whole Javert thing. Um, if you've never seen Les Miserables, you you really need to go check it out. By the way, or, or um, read the book, or, or yeah. Um, so here's the thing. Like uh, there's this this quote that. Um, this thing that goes back and forth between Eddington and Cisco, and I just love it. Um, and you can really see Cisco becoming unhinged in this particular scene, which I'm, I'm willing to bet you know exactly what I'm about to reference. Um, Eddington starts off, can't you see what's happening to you? You're going against everything you claim to believe in. And for what? To satisfy a personal vendetta. You betrayed your uniform! And you're betraying yours right now. The sad part is that you don't even realize it. I feel sorry for you, Captain. This obsession with me Look what it's cost you. Major, shut that thing off. Commander Worf, prepare to launch torpedoes. All right, Javert. I'll give you what you want. Me. Right, a little bit little bit later on. Um, but yeah, like, Cisco's like, willing to poison this atmosphere where Eddington and his crew and, and all these other Maquis folks are just, just to settle the score, basically. Um, so, like, this is, like, one of those, like, questionable kind of leadership things like this is the the leadership category for me also uh, that that he's demonstrating where he's having to do these like gray area decisions right um that we see him make time and time again in this series so um fantastic episode highly recommend for the uniform um very very good drama very good writing in this episode yeah Mm -hmm. and he's like (laughs) you know if if he's but he's like Les Mis is not about Javert. It's about it's about Valjean. Oh, Valjean! I was trying to play. It's yeah. about Valjean, right? You know, and if Eddington sees himself as the hero, what does the hero want? To kill the bad guy. Well, it's not that simple. The hero, in, in a great melodrama, the 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 um the villain has to create a scenario where the hero can sacrifice himself. And Cisco's like, it's time for me yeah. to be the villain. There we go. So yeah, good stuff. Very good stuff. Um, by the way, Eric, I'm going to be stuck in season three for for just a minute. Um. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Um, some of these I might be able to breeze past um, kind of quickly, um, maybe. But um, this is just. So Captain's prerogative. This is on here just because I love this story so much. Um, it's one of my favorite stories in Deep Space Nine, so it's just on the list. And that's mm-hmm. Past Tense Parts 1 and 2. Okay, yeah. So we did an entire episode, um, actually a two-part episode, um, talking about Past Tense uh, Parts 1 and 2 um, just a handful of months ago. So go in the Wayback Machine and you can listen to the discussion of it. But um, this is a time travel episode, so of course, you know, David's not going to like it. But um, and this this episode does tie into Picard season two, kind of, or at least it's supposed to, I think. Um, but just just a fabulous episode, like how, um, you know, we have like prime directive kind of stuff going on, like kind of keeping the or the temporal prime directive, I should say, trying to keep things intact. But also, you know, we we see Cisco having to take on a role that of of um of you know a freedom fighter essentially um and surviving and um anyway it's maybe it's not like definitive cisco but 
least for me, it's a definitive Cisco because I'm going to watch this a hundred percent. I just love this story. That's that's it. No, it's it's a really good story, and I think Avery Brooks does some. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So, do you want to keep going, or do you want um, to go? Let me just let me just give like a real one, and then you can um, go with go with it. Not, not that mine's not like a real one, but um, so again, another season three episode. Um, this is towards the end of season three. Um, Explorers. Okay, this that was what I wanted to say. Okay, now. we did it. Because I I did not think that you would put this on here, but I was like, it has to be on the yes, list. Yes, it has to be. It's it's Jake. It's him <laughs> and Jake and his relationship. It has to be on here. Right, right. We said, like, first and foremost, his relationship with his son is what's important. Right. Right? And, yeah, this is this is totally 100% what people call filler, right? Filler! 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 How'd that go again? <laughs> filler! <laughs> you know? It, it, does it, it does it advance the plot? No. No. No, it does not. Like... Does anything momentous happen? No, absolutely not. Is it a great Star Trek episode? Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Like, you know, Cisco just comes back and he's like, I'm going to, in my off time, I'm going to build a spaceship. Why Good not? Good job, Gibbs. Get after it, man. <laughs> <laughs> he turns into Gibbs, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna build a spaceship, and he just wants to go flying. And he, I'm with him. Like, let's right. just go on an adventure together. Let's spend some time together. You know, just father and son, nobody else. Not think about anything. And it's just a fantastic yeah. bonding moment between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like also like wanting to prove that like some that Bajorans and. Cardassians and whatnot, like there could have been like a certain like distance that could have been bridged with this particular type of craft. Um, but yeah, like, look, I've never built like rebuilt a, a built a car or you know restored a car or anything like that. But this is effectively a father and son, you know, rebuilding, restoring a hot rod, basically. Like that's really what this boils down to. And you know, Jake is a very He's a pretty introspective and pretty like sensitive kind of dude, um, and he's like, I don't really know, Dad. Like, I don't, I don't know if I really want to be part of this. But, and like, he wants to go do, I think something with like Nog, or he wants to go like write, or like he just wants to like. Well, I think just his like write. girlfriend is coming back from. That's from oh, there Major. we go. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, yeah, what, he, what like seventeen, eighteen year old boy doesn't want to spend time with his girlfriend now that like go on a trip with their dad? Right. Right. Um, but yeah, like this is. Like you gotta, you gotta have like some Jake highlight kind of moments, man. Like you just got to uh, with this list. So I'm yeah, and and this is the episode Jake like Jake gets a fellowship to go write at some school or academy in New Zealand, and he he has his father read a story, and and, and his dad and Ben's reading the story, and he's like, it's good. There's some things in here you haven't experienced yet. Or at least I hope you haven't. <laughs> it's like, unless you've run off and joined the Maquis without telling me. <laughs> Jake's like, uh, I'm, I'm not supposed to talk about that. <laughs> ah, I got you. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I mean, just a great moment between the, between the two of them. And, and this is also the yeah, episode man. where where Jake is like, "There's somebody I want you to meet because I don't want you to be alone." Oh, my son, the matchmaker. It's like, right? Yeah. Well, what does she do? She's a freighter captain. You want me to meet a freighter captain? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then ben, Ben's like, "I'll meet her." Under one condition, like, you know, how well the date goes doesn't influence your decision on whether to go to this writing academy. Yeah, it's just it's just a great bonding moment between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, and I did not think you were going to put that on there, so I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. Man, look at that. I can still surprise you. Look at that, I, man. I know, right? <laughs> All right. And who knows? I might still surprise you later on. We'll see. You might. You uh, might. Uh, mm. let, let me go now. Let me let me stick on, on the Jake train here. Okay. <clears throat> and let me take, pick my next episode, which is The Visitor. From That's on my four. list, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Chase and I, we talked about this episode. Like, we did a whole podcast about this episode <clears throat> last yeah. year for Father's Day. Um, we did, yeah. This is this is amazing, right? This is mm-hmm. this is television at its finest. Not just Star Trek at its finest, but television at its finest here. 100%. And like it's heartbreaking. It it brought me to absolute tears. I was wrecked the first time I saw it, you know, because I lost my dad. Um, <clears throat> it's not an episode. It's not comfort food. Right, it's not. It's not. No. Pa- I'm not putting on past tense. I'm like this on like past tense and watching it. Right, it's 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 really tough to watch, but man, does it deliver an emotional punch here? And you really see this bond between between Ben and his son. Yeah. Yeah, I I can only begin to understand like the father's role in that relationship you know like with me having a son now um and just how gut-wrenching it would be knowing that my son would have to potentially do something so that the something very painful so that something could be reset and we could have like a do-over with something um whether it's my son or my daughter um but um absolutely amazing episode amazing amazing episode um yeah go 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 listen to that episode it was um yeah it was uh would have been the june uh 17th episode in 2021 by the way um at least i'm pretty sure it would have been you see every moment where like like ben shows up and he sees old jake and he's like he's so proud of him he's like he's like Look at you're my son. Look at all these things you've accomplished. You became a writer, what you always wanted to do. You know, you had a, you had a wife, and, and you know you you're so successful. And he's he's so proud of him, and he and like, and there's that scene where you know, you know he shows up and and old Jake is like asleep, and you know he's just watching him. You know he's like, he's just admiring like the person his son has, has become. And then there's the moment where, like, you know, Jake, uh, he, Jake is introducing him to his wife, and, and and you know he's about to cry, and Cisco just Ben just gives the wife this look, and she knows to like walk out of the room, and 
and old Jake just like starts crying and, and, and his father has to console him. It's just it's just so touching right here. I, yeah. I can't say enough good things about this episode. There there are two quotes um, you know towards the end of the, both both at the end of the episode but um, for you and for the boy that I was this is old Jake talking to um, to Cisco for you and for the boy that I was he needs you more than you know don't you see we're going to get a second chance yeah and then after I mean spoilers I guess but it's been 20 30 some odd years whatever 20 years um, you okay dad I am now Jake I am now like God almighty like as a dad whew. yeah um, where's Tony Todd's Emmy for this Emmy nomination for this right, right. like it, I mean if this had like I understand back in the 90s genre television wasn't the prestige as prestigious as it is today but if this episode came out today I would easily see Tony Todd winning an Emmy for this at least being nominated yeah. right yeah but yeah. I, it just in the 90s it just wasn't gonna happen no um so yeah, like I said, The Visitor was on my list. Um, I have one more from Season 3, um, and then I will officially be done with Season 3. Um, okay. And this one's this one's probably maybe obvious with how things have been going for me, um, but The Adversary. Okay. Um, we, we get a Captain Cisco, baby. We get Cisco becoming a captain. Got his fourth pip, and um, has his son, Jake pinning on his fourth pip at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, yeah, this it, this episode opens, it goes it goes, station log. This will be my last my last commander's log. And you're like, wait, what? What does right. that mean? <laughs> wait, so is, is Avery Brooks leaving the show? Who? Okay. Woo. He gets promoted. <laughs> and, he, and then he's like, my son, the writer, might have something like elegant or important to say here, but the only thing yeah. I can think of is Begin Captain's Log. You're like, ah, oh, he did it. <laughs> <laughs> was was this on your list at all, Eric? No, it's not on my list. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Okay. That's all I really wanted to say. That yeah, was it. Yeah, just, it was good. just a just a pivotal pivotal moment for him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and everyone and, else, everyone else, the beginning of you know season four, everyone else has gotten a. One rank promotion, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, I, Iris Stephen Bayer really fought for this to happen. Oh, right. to make um, to, make... to get the promotion to captain. Okay, there we go. All right, I'm officially done with season three, dude. <clears throat> okay, all right, all right. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat here again. Right? I put for the are. cause and for the uniform together as yep. one, and I'm gonna do something. I'm going to put three episodes together, and I'm going to call them one. Okay. Oh, shoot. Here we go. Okay. Red alert, gang. Red alert. I'm putting three episodes together. I'm calling them one. So one episode from season three, one episode from season four, one episode from season five that are collectively referred to as the Emissary Trilogy. Okay? And so I said uh, relationships, like one, you know, one of the relationships about Cisco that's important is his relationship with the prophets and his role and his title as the emissary of the prophets. And so this is okay. the 
Emissary Trilogy. It's Destiny from Season 3, Accession from Season 4, and Rapture from Season 5. Okay? Collectively okay. referred to as the Emissary Trilogy. All right. Well, one of those is on my list. Okay. Well, I, I, I think I know which one you're going to put. But I, I, I wanted to put all three of these together because I think it's important. Like when you see the journey in Destiny, right, this Vedic shows up and he's like, Emissary, you, you can't let this. There's a science mission that the Cardassians are, are helping them with. He's like, you can't let this happen, Emissary. Like the Celestial Temple will burn, right? Um, and Cisco's really struggling with his role as I'm a Starfleet officer. Like I can't go to Starfleet and say some prophecy regarding the emissary is is says I shouldn't <coughs> do this mission. Right? And and Odo right. says something really great. He's like, it's just an observation, of course. But it's always seemed to me that you've never been comfortable with it, the role of the emissary. Cisco's like, I can't deny that. Are you suggesting that I'm dismissing this prophecy too easily because I don't want to be the emissary? Odo's like, I'm not suggesting anything. But it's been my experience that all humanoids have an agenda of some sort, and their agenda can influence them without even realizing it. And, like, so Cisco's like, I, you know, he's struggling with this role. But then at the end of the episode, after, like, the prophecy came true, but they misinterpreted it, right? Because, of course, they misinterpreted it. Like, this Vedic is like, there are signs that Shakur's fourth prophecy will come to pass. Cisco's like, does that have something to do with me? And the Vedic's like, you, Commander? Well, it is a prophecy about the emissary. And then Cisco's like, tell me about it. So it's like, you can see at the end he's starting to accept this role as the emissary. Is it about me? Well, it's about the emissary if you're accepting that title. Right. And then part two, a session, is in season four. It's this this old poet from like 300 years ago comes out of the wormhole, and he's like, "I'm the emissary." And I was like, "What?" And it, and like at the beginning of this episode, you see Cisco is like, he's giving like a blessing, like an emissary blessing to this new couple. So he's like, he's like kind of accepted, learning to accept this role, like a little bit. But then when this Bajoran comes through the wormhole, it's like, I'm the emissary. Cisco's like, take it. Take the title. See it. Take it. <laughs> See it. I don't want it yep. anymore. Like, <laughs> I don't want it anymore. He's like, no more ceremonies to attend. No more blessings to give. No more prophecies to fulfill. I'm just a Starfleet officer again. All I have to worry about are the Klingons, the Dominion, and the Maquis. I feel like I'm on vacation. <laughs> but then, like... This new, this new emissary does things that Cisco doesn't like. He's like, I don't like what you're doing. I want the title of emissary back. Give it back. Take back. Take <laughs> right, backs. Right. Yeah, yeah. Take backs. <laughs> <laughs> I want it back. And like they go into the wormhole to talk to the aliens, the prophets, and he gets the role of emissary back. He's like, he was like so glad to give it away. He's like, no, I want it back. And then, yeah. and then finally, when you get to to the, the third part in season five, Rapture, he has fully embraced the role of emissary, almost like to his own detriment, where he <clears throat> he starts experiencing these visions, and um, yeah. they're like basically like 
you know, he can see the future. He can see not the future, but he he sees the tapestry of the universe come into focus through right. these visions, and uh, and he's he's like he's using it to like do his duty as as the emissary. He's just fully embraced it at this point, so much so that like the Starfleet admiral is like, well, you better cool it off here, buddy. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, a session was the one that was on my list. Okay, which I thought guessing... you were going to put Rapture. Nope, nope, a session. Um, just because of how poignant it is that Cisco is growing tired and questioning his role um, as the Emissary to the Prophets. So, um, and then, like, yeah, he sees, like, all this stuff going sideways, like, basically saying that Bajorans need to go back into um, this, like, caste system. Um, like they were hundreds of years ago. Um, I think it was called um, the Dejamas. They're Dejaras. Dejaras. Thank you. Um, yeah, like that. We need to we need to accept our Dejaras all over again, basically. And Kira is like visibly shook, like hearing him say that, um, because I, like you know everyone was just like stuck in that single track. Like there was no opportunity for growth and exploration and doing what you wanted to do basically and basically thinking that it's going to set Bajor back a lot well they you know, can't three join centuries. the Federation right <clears throat> because, yeah because of like these you know caste systems essentially um, but yeah like you, you see like coming from like where he starts in episode, episode one season one with, with um, the emissary right or the emissary sorry that he's just so reluctant and then like he starts to kind of get used to it and like the fact that we get here to a session where we see someone that's like essentially willing to take it over for him and how protective he immediately seemingly immediately becomes um, of the role right and, and what it means not just to him but to the people um, and what the what the Bajoran people maybe need from him so um, I think this is like a great 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 episode um, of like the the prophets side of things like when it comes to like the relationship with the prophets and, and, and truth be told I've little. never heard of I've never heard of like the emissary trilogy like what you what you call the emissary trilogy at all yeah it's 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 referred that's what it's referred to how about that I okay here's my trekkie card see you later I'm out of okay. here but also spoiler <laughs> alert on the a session is a best of kira episode as well Okay. All right. I feel like, <laughs> like there's a little. That's a little tease for a potential a tease future whenever, episode. Whenever we get to that, when we get to our number ones. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. No, it's a good episode. Yeah, but yeah. And then I just think, you know, part the rapture episode. He's fully embraced it, and he's having these visions, which these visions will be important later on, very much so. Some way, somehow. Okay. Well. I've barely, I mean, you've you've essentially hit on all my season four episodes except for one, which is a two-parter. Okay. Um, which I don't know if this would be on your list or not, Eric, but um, I'm looking at Homefront and Paradise Lost. It's not on my list. Okay, so this might be what you would consider, like maybe an essential DS9 episode, but um, you know, we see we see Cisco who's been recalled to Earth. Um, with um, you know a very upstanding, character-driven, highly moral, sound leader, 
you know, in, in the form of the Admiralty, Admiral Layton, and um, to deal with um, some of this changeling stuff um, that's been going on uh, that we've been hearing about. Um, and like, how are we going to prepare and, and whatnot? So we see him taking on this, this different role, you know, for the most part, like he's an attache of sorts, you know, he's, he's, you know, essentially working hand in hand with, with the Admiral. So, I mean, the way that this ends up panning out and playing out, it's again, it's more morally gray kind of stuff, but in the end there's growth with Cisco in terms of how he confronts superiors, how he works with superiors in um, in just the, the the evolving story with the changelings and what's happening in Deep Space Nine. So, yeah. yeah. So, Eric, I will say this. I have one, two, four and a half left. How many do you have left? I have five left. Okay. All right, and... Yeah, you've already taken care of like all my season five stuff. So like, I just got season six and seven left. Yeah, see, yeah, season five is just had like rapture and for the uniform. Yeah, right. You know, which I put as part of other things, and then season five is a good season, but like, big stuff happens in season six. Just a little bit. <laughs> just a teeny tiny little bit. Yeah. All right. Do you want me to go? All right, I'll go. Yeah, um, yeah, go ahead. So, go ahead. so I said, relationship with his son, relationship with the prophets, right? I've handled a lot of that. The third thing is his relationship with Ducat, right? Gold Ducat. Okay. And so, I next on my list is season six, episode eleven. It's called Waltz. This is good episode. This is brilliant. This is just, it's just brilliant. It's. Cisco over on one side, it's Ducat on the other side. They've crash landed on a planet, and and they have to come to an understanding. It's not it's not like they're working together to survive, but this is Ducat who you know he's lost his empire, he's lost his mind, and he just wants he wants validation from Cisco so badly. He wants Cisco to say to like, you know, you're not a bad guy. You're not a bad guy. He wants that validation from him so badly. And listen, Golducott, I never looked at Golducott as a villain. I know lots of people say, oh, Golducott is, of course he's a villain. But, like, Golducott is a patriot, okay? Like, he is a, like, Cardassians are very prideful people. They love Cardassia, right? Yeah. And Goldie yeah, yeah. loves Cardassia. He is a patriot. And I've said this before on the podcast. We are so conditioned to think that Starfleet and the Federation are the good guys. And anyone who opposes them are <coughs> inherently the bad guys. But, like, that's not always true. And you can't always think. Right. Like, I don't necessarily think the Dominion are the bad guys here. Like, I actually think the Federation started the war with the Dominion, not the other way around. The Federation was the aggressor at almost every moment against the Dominion. We can talk about that later. But, like, Goldugat is a patriot. He wants what's best for Cardassia. And he has seen Cardassia's influence start to wane. And so, in order to see Cardassia become the powerful empire that he, that he wants, 
okay, he joined forces with the Dominion. That's not, that's not a, that doesn't make him the bad guy. Like, that just makes him a patriot. And, yeah, yeah they started the, this war broke out, but that doesn't make them the bad guys. Wars only work if both sides think they're the good guy and the other is the bad guy, right? Wars don't work when one side thinks they're the bad guy. But, like, it's this episode where Golducop becomes a villain. Like, I don't see him as a villain prior to this episode. But everything from here out turns him into a villain. And this episode here sets up our showdown, our, the ultimate showdown at the end. And this is actually the sure. last time that Cisco and Ducat are ever on screen together until the very end. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> and like, Goldicott, they're like, he wants his validation. He's like, I hated everything about them. Their superstitions and their cries for sympathy. Their treachery and their lies. Their smug superiority and their stiff-necked obstinance. Uh, and, like, you can see, like, Goldicott, he's like, listen, when I took over, the occupation was already going on for 40 years. I tried to come in with a soft hand. Look, I, I, I ordered all work camps to reduce their quotas. I took children out of the work camps. I tried, I tried to be nice to them. I gave them a soft hand. And what did they do? They slapped it away. They, they tried to kill me. I'm, that doesn't make me the bad guy. That makes them the bad guys. I was trying to be nice here. And like he's trying to justify all these things that he did. And you know he makes a point, right? Like he makes yeah. a point. Like then yeah. obviously he, he, you know he goes a little bit crazy at the end right <laughs> and and then he's like um he's like yes yes that's right isn't it i knew it i've always known it i should have killed every last one of them i should have turned their plan to a graveyard the likes of which the galaxy has never seen i should have killed them all and then yeah. he's like i'm so glad we had this time together benjamin because we won't be seeing each other again for a while and that's like they don't they don't ever see each other again until the finale. I have unfinished business on Bajor. They thought I was their enemy. They don't know what it is to be my enemy, but they will. From this day forward, Bajor is dead. All of Bajor. And this time, even their emissary won't be able to save them. Like, he becomes a villain here, right? It's not until yeah. this moment, but like he he makes some points like he's not he makes some points like and i just i just yeah, love and, this episode and what follows even with with him um becomes this very um evil just creepy union with him and the kai like <laughs> yeah <totally>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the episode is Ooh. the episode is literally called "Strange Bedfellows." Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. think about that—the double meaning of that word. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. Eric, stop! Stop! I need brain bleach right now. Okay. Yes, fantastic episode, and um, I like that you made that distinction about like this is where he truly becomes a villain, and we don't see them together on screen until the series finale basically so all right well um my episode 
is right next door, and um, I don't know if a Cisco list would be complete without this particular episode. Far Beyond the Stars. Yes, Far Beyond the Stars. Probably one of the greatest episodes of television, I think. I think it's I think it's just great. Certainly one of the best Star Trek episodes ever. Yeah. Um and it's it's like one can make an argument that this really isn't a Cisco story. That that it's that's just something else entirely. Um but what we have is um essentially um a dream, a hallucination, um an incident that happens in terms of um Cisco and Everyone is in like the nineteen uh, was it fifties basically, and they're all like sci-fi writers. Um, like you know, Quark is um, Armin Shimmerman is um, uh, one of the writers. Uh, we have Odo, who's like the like the editor essentially. We have Kira, who is basically ha- taking on the the DC Fontana role of having to use like um, uh, a different name to hide the fact that she's a female writer. Um, essentially, and we're we're very much dealing with like a civil rights kind of thing um, that's going on in terms of <clears throat> race and ethnicity um, at this time that's being set. And um, Benny, um, Cisco's dream character, can I just say that? I guess like his yeah. dream character um, is basically getting like having these ideas about this space station being led by a black man um and <gasps> calling what oh, and know, um right? and he is just so convicted by it but everyone is like essentially shooting him down because of the climate that they live in um this is i think everyone that's ever watched deep space nine this is like easily like top two top three episodes for the series so um you you leave the episode wondering like which one's real right like is the benny story real or is the cisco story real like they leave it kind of ambiguous but this is just straight up good storytelling period absolutely period give avery brooks a damn emmy like, give it to him. I mean, I said before, Tony, where's Tony Todd's Emmy? Where the hell is Avery Brooks' <laughs> Emmy for this? Like, seriously. Right. Like, if this episode had come out today, like, it would be a no-brainer. Like, in the climate we're in today, he would he would win it easily. Like, huge right. standing ovations for him at every ceremony, you know. In- easily. Give him yes. his damn Emmy. <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, it's true. It's just in the climate really we're in today, hands down, he, this he just he would easily win it and huge standing ovations. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, it's and and yeah, it's is it a Cisco story? And people say, well, it's really like a one-off, but like it's really not a one-off. Like, like the reason he has this vision is because of what happened in the episode Rapture, right? he starts that and now he's having more visions right mm-hmm. and he's gonna have Benny Russell shows up again this is not the only time we see Benny Russell <coughs> and that's saying something because you know this is middle basically middle of um, of season six when this is happening so okay now anyway. if we move on to the next episode I'm assuming the next episode is gonna be the same for both of us 
Um, right. Probably. And that would be what I think you, you, you said, like, hey, most people call Far Beyond the Stars one of the top episodes. I think most people also call this in, one of the top episodes, if not the top episode. And that's absolutely. In, the pale, in the Pale In the Pale Moonlight. moonlight. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... I think this is the highest rated episode of the show. If you go to IMDb, um, I would be shocked if it's not. Um, this is like, I mean, this is this is such a turning point. I know we're we're like we're deep into season six and we call it a turning point, but I think Star Trek changed, not just Deep Space Nine, with, but Star Trek changed with this episode. And people say it's so antithetical to to Gene Roddenberry's vision of like perfect people in this utopian future but this is like how far are you willing to go to get what you want and we see we see these types of stories later on in star trek as well and we never saw them before nothing like this right i mean i mean i mean this is just this is just good stuff and it's just like Cisco does whatever he can to get the Romulans into the war effort because he's, he realizes we're going to lose. Yeah. And this is where you get the, the meme-tastic, it's a fake! It's a fake! <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, like, so he enlists Garrick to help him, you know, the shady character of Garrick. And Garrick is fan. I mean, a- Andrew J. Robinson crushed that role too, right? And he crushes it here. He crushes it here. He's like, he's like, that's why you came to me, isn't it, Captain? Because you knew I could do those things that you weren't capable of doing. Well, it worked, and you'll get what you want—a war between the Romulans and the Dominion. And if your conscience is bothering you, you should soothe it with the knowledge that you may have just saved the entire Alpha Quadrant, and all it costs was the life of one Romulan senator, one criminal, and the self-respect of one Starfleet officer. I don't know about you, mm. but I'd call that a bargain. <laughs> like what that's that's just that's fantastic right there. Yeah. Well, and the this whole thing too, like the the way that this is like structured for the most part, I mean like you 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 have him starting off like talking to the audience like we're totally breaking the fourth wall. Oh yeah. Um, through the use of like a captain's log, but still, you know, and we we go through that, and of course, like we get like it's intercut, you know, with like how it's like playing out. But you know, like three, four, five times, like we're coming back to him in his quarters, doing this this captain's log, and the way that it ends is basically him saying, "I think I can live with that." Computer, delete log. So I lied, I cheated, I bribed men to cover the crimes of other men. I'm an accessory to murder. But the most damning thing of all, I think I can live with it. (laughs) And if I had to do it all over again, I would. Garrick was right about one thing. A guilty conscience is a small price to pay for the safety of the Alpha Quadrant. So I will learn to live with it. Because I can live with it. I can live. He's almost trying to convince himself there at the end. Because yep. I can live with it. I can live yeah. with it. I can live with it. Computer, erase personal log. <laughs> and then the screen yeah. just cuts black. <clears throat> Sorry, yeah, it wasn't a captain's log, but still a log. Yeah, um, log. yeah I've, I've looked at, 
like different rankings, you know, for like episodes, like for each of the series. And like, it's usually this one and Far Beyond the Stars that like seemingly switch back and forth between one and two, like mm-hmm. pretty consistently. Yeah. So yeah, fan, fantastic, fantastic episode. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I have, I have two and a half left maybe three depending on how you want to count it two left okay let me let me do my half and then i'll do like my my full okay um so one thing that we we kind of touched on at one point um especially when we were talking about eddington you know like i took him to a baseball game in the hollow suite um cisco is a fan of this archaic earth game called baseball and Look, man, you know, say what you want, but the fact that we have a an episode that is centric on baseball in Star Trek, come on now, for his character, take me out to the Hollow Suite. Um, it's just a fun episode. It's the DS Niners against the um, the was it the Vulcan logicians or something like that. Yeah. Um, and. You know, it's just a baseball game, like that. You know, it's like almost like there's a grudge that Cisco has against this Vulcan captain, and they, and Cisco is getting like all sorts of like frustrated with like the people, like his crew, trying to figure out how to play the game, and you get death like some great to the opposition. Yeah, exactly. You get some great one-liners <laughs> from like folks like Warp, like death to the opposition. <laughs> but you know what I'm, you know what I'm gonna say right now, Chase? Huh? Filler, 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 <laughs> filler. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> that episode is amazing. <laughs> but it's totally filler, right? Totally. But it, it's yeah. an episode that only exists because you have 26 episodes, not 10. Yeah. Yeah. Was this on your list at all, Eric? No, no. But <laughs> Okay. There we go. Yeah, that, but, that's, I mean, like, that's just good. Rep- that's just a fun episode. It is. I love it the. Is. I love it, the. I love the moment where like, um, the Vulcan didn't touch home plate, so they can like still tag him out. <laughs> like I think it's Nog is playing catcher, right? And he yeah, goes to yeah. like the dugout, and he can't figure out which one it is because they all look the same. <laughs> He's like, wait, who is it? <laughs> so he tags every. <laughs> Okay. So, yeah, Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite, Season 7, Episode uh, 4, depending on how you count things. Uh, all right. So, that, that was my half um, in there. Um, this one is very meaningful to me uh, for one particular reason. This was the one that I was alluding to, I think, even pre-show with you, Eric. Um, so, not too long ago, we, we did an episode on, um, on the Gorn. Um, and even before that, we did um, our little um, recap episode of, um, you know, the Gorn coming back to Strange New Worlds. And that came out um, the Memorial Day weekend here in the United States. And uh, for anyone that's listening around the world that might not know, for whatever reason, what Memorial Day is, it's where we pay our respects to um, those that uh, were killed in action, our, our fallen soldiers, fallen airmen, marines, um, so on and so forth. Um, and my wife, 
Um, so we're, we're a gold star family, and that means that we lost a loved one. Um, during, they were killed in action. And um, my wife's eldest brother. And there's a particular line in this episode. This is um, season seven, episode eight, eight, The Siege of AR-558. And um, my wife sent this to me without really seeing much of, of Deep Space Nine. Like she'd only like see like stuff like as I was watching it, like in our room or in the living room or whatever. And she sent this to me, um, a little clip, and said, you know, they're not just names. It's important we remember that. We have to remember. So we are really in the thick of the Dominion War by this point. I mean, we are in the thick of it. We are about to start a, like, a 14-part story. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's not 14-part. But, like, we have, like, like it's, like, it's, like, what is it, like, seven, seven parts to it, I think, like, yeah, I think it's like I think it's eight, eight, but like nine episodes because the two parts. Yeah. So we're about to get in like the like the thick of like some really back to back storytelling, um, and you really see Cisco, the commander, like the battlefield commander, you know, like the war leader, whatever, um, and not just like him leading a station and leading in the war effort but how much he cares right we've been talking about relationship how much he cares not just about his crew but the people that he's putting in harm's way and he's he like at one point you know odo is bringing him this list and uh, of stuff and he's like looking at the wall he's looking at this monitor and he's like you know I used to read them every day. I figured that was like the, the least I could do to pay my respects for what they did. But now they're just, some of these are becoming a blur. And um, I just like the fact that he says, you know, they're not just names. It's important to remember that we have to remember. So even though, you know, like there's more to this story, you know, like we're running supplies, things go sideways. We have to defend, you know, this, this, you know, key area you know, we have to like leave our ship and defend like our supplies and like what we have down there before the Jemadar essentially take it over. Uh, we have that going on, and then of course like him coming back from that little skirmish and saying this. Like I just I love this episode so much. I think it's a no, a fantastic episode. Amazing episode about like the cost of war. Yes. And like you really see the the foot soldiers like what they have to deal with, and then like what happens with Nog. And then the, the the story, the great story, after that, it's 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 really fantastic stuff. Yeah. Okay, so the 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 one episode that I want to talk about is <coughs> season seven, episode two. It's called Shadows and Symbols. Okay. And and this is really like the end of a three-part story right we get the end of season six you know tears of the prophets where you know Golducott shows up he gets he lets a paw wraith come inside of him and he shows up on d space nine and he um he the paw wraith goes into the the temple and and the wormhole disappears but in the process he has to kill jadzia jadzia <laughs> It's too soon, right? It's too soon. Stop. Jetsia. Stop. Stop it. <laughs> like, I'm not ready, dude. Stop I it. Know. But, like, you know, Dax, this is two lifetimes of friendships that Cisco has had with Dax. And it, like, and the fact that the, the temple 
the worm, the celestial temple is gone, right? He's you know, and Cisco was warned by the prophets in that episode, like don't go on this mission. You have to stay here. Something bad might happen. But his duty as a Starfleet officer said like he had to go on this mission, and so he fails. He feels like he's failed as the emissary, and so he takes a leave of absence, yeah. and he goes back home to to his dad's restaurant in, in New Orleans. But like when he when they had to abandon Deep Space Nine at the end of season five, Cisco left his baseball behind, right as a message like I'll be back. But he when he leaves this time, he takes it with him because he's not sure he's coming back, right? And then that's the season six finale. And the season seven premiere is... Season seven premiere is really like kind of a nothing burger episode, right? I don't really think a lot happens in that episode, right? But it's this the second episode, you know, Shadows and Symbols, where we're going in search of the orb of the emissary, right? The orb of the emissary. Ooh, what's that? Like... Yeah. And, and we were on this quest to find it, and we can use this Orb of the Emissary to reopen the Celestial Temple. And, uh, and we meet our new Dax character, Esri Dax. Um, but this is also, like, where Benny Russell comes back. Because when we find the Orb of the Emissary, like, the Pa race are showing him this vision of Benny Russell, and they're trying to, like, convince him that, like, you know none of this is real, you're Benny Russell, don't open this, like, erase everything that's happened here. And I think this is a this is a key pivotal moment of, like, Cisco had somehow, like, lost his confidence in himself and lost his faith in himself. Yeah. But once, and, like, you know, he's not, and and he's, he's back, he comes back. And this is, a, this, is a, this is a really key episode in his development and his relationship with the Prophets. Yeah. Can I just say on a not so serious note that I just love these uniforms. Like if I can even call them uniforms, like I just love like the little the cloak things that they wear. Yeah. I just I mean, they're so simple, but like I want one. Like Eric, will you make one for me, bud? Like can you they got that 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 group, that costume group, put a screenshot and ask if you can make that. I may or may not have done that, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> about about um, a different uniform that is actually being produced right now. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I think shadows and symbols. Like it's an episode that gets overlooked, but I think it's key in Cisco's relationship with the prophets, and and it brings back Benny Russell as well. People often say, "Well, it's just a one-off episode. You can like ignore it." Well, it's it's really not because these visions that he's having are really important. Sure. Okay. So how many how many do you have left? One. Just one. Just one. Could it be the series finale? Could it be the series finale? I think it is. I think so too. Okay. So just to recap what we have so far. Uh, for me, um, Emissary 1 and 2, Jem'Hadar, Search Part 1 and 2, Past Tense 1 and 2, Explorers, Adversary, Visitor, Homefront, Paradise Lost, um, Accession, For the Uniform, Far Beyond the Stars, In the Pale Moonlight, Siege of AR-558, and What You Leave Behind. And um, I think I've been kind of tracking, and I might, I don't know if I have this completely right, but for yours, what I have is Emissary, Maquis, 
for the cause slash for the uniform, Explorers, The Visitor, um, Destiny, Accession, Rapture, all is one, Waltz, um, and then I started to assume some things. Was it Far Beyond the Stars for you also? Far, far Beyond the Stars. And The Pale Moonlight? Yes. The Siege of AR-558? No, that wasn't on my list. Okay. Shadows and Symbols. Shadows and Symbols. Okay. And now here we are at What You Leave Behind. Mm-hmm. Which... All right. All right. I've said this before. Um, maybe you don't remember. Maybe you're just new listening. I'll say it again here. What You Leave Behind the greatest episode of Star Trek of all time, in my opinion. Now, I know I'm probably the only person in the world who has that opinion, right? But, like, this episode has an 8.9 rating on IMDb, right, which is which is really high. That's a really high rating for, for an episode, right? I mean, to me, Agreed. I mean, this is over 2,000 votes. It's, it's really high, 8.9. It's not as high as some of, like, um, like in the pale moonlight or something like that, but this is a perfect episode of television, in my opinion. It's epic in every single way. It's just it's epic, right? We have this epic battle to end the Dominion War, where the the Federation, the Klingon, and the Romulan fleet are all, you know, the final siege of Cardassia. We have we have Damar. On the on the ground with um, with Garrick and and they're leading an uprising and they're leading a rebellion, and the Dominion is like wipe out the Cardassians, kill them all, and then the Cardassians eventually turn on the Dominion. It's just it's epic in every way, and it's like it's heartbreaking because you know when Damar Damar dies and that's a heartbreaking moment. Yes. Right when they're storming yes. Central Command, and then like the female shapeshifter, she's just withering away, and but she's like, "Burn them all down! I don't, I don't care, burn them down." And then like yeah. Odo goes in there, and like Odo is the one to like the the relationship that the female shapeshifter and Odo have had, and he convinces her to end this, and we just have this epic conclusion to the Dominion War. And that's half the episode. <laughs> that's, that's, only, that's only the first half. Like, and you're right. like, damn, all this stuff is happening. And we still have this <laughs> other part to deal with. Right. And and then, DSS 9 is a character show, right? It like, 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 it became plot-heavy toward the end with the Dominion War. But it's a character yes, it show. Did. And then you go into this just, like heartbreaking but like uplifting at the same time like montage that's like five minutes long of all of these great moments for all of these characters and like listen I, I've said I don't like Vic Fontaine as a character but he, he's, he's really awesome here and he's singing this song and we go through all these touching moments and every character has their send off like O'Brien and Keiko are going back to earth Worf is going off to to back to Kronos, right? Everybody's happy, right? Kira and Odo, they're they're going. Oh, Kira's taking Odo back to the Great Link, like he has this like really touching moment with Quark, where yep. he's like, "You were just gonna walk away, exactly." <laughs> 
that man loves me. Can't you tell? Like, just, a, you know, great moment between them. Odo puts on his tux right before he waves goodbye to Kira, like, into, into the Great Link. It's just, it's, it's, it just so sums up and it gives every character just it, their moment. And that's what makes it so perfect. And then there's still more. Then there's still more, right? <laughs> then we have what people call, I've heard it called this, the Mount Doom ending. Yes. Have you ever heard this? I have not, but it's. <laughs> I, I see it. <laughs> right? And then we have, finally, I said, you know, the relationship, Cisco and Ducat. This is where it ends, right? It's a fight between the Emissary of the Prophets, the Emissary of the Pa Race. And, you know, this conclusion in the fire caves and how does it how does it end cisco makes the hero sacrifice right right he you know and that's like you know you don't see that in star trek like our, our main character makes the hero sacrifice because that's what he needs to do to 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 save the day essentially and he and Ducat fall into the fire pits, right? The fire caves. Right. And and fire caves, yeah. And then, golly, what a touching moment he has at the end! Like they're like they can't find him. He's lost. Then he comes in a vision to Cassidy. He's like, "My life, it's not linear anymore. Like, but don't worry, I'm coming back. It might be a year from now. It might be next last week." But I'm coming back, and like I'm really kind of disappointed that we haven't seen Cisco because of because of that statement. And Avery Brooks himself was a little hesitant to even film that scene because like he didn't want it to be seen as a black father, a black black husband leaving their family, leaving his family, especially because Cassidy was pregnant with a child as well, right. and now he's leaving Jake. And so I understand his his reticence to film that scene, but it's it's very touching. It's very yeah. poignant. Yeah, I know there were um, when we were seeing teaser trailers for Picard season two, and we saw um, um, one of the stones, right, um, Reckoning, I believe, uh, that was in the teaser. Um, there was like this, this like rumor. I don't know if you heard about it, Eric. That oh yeah, they got they got Avery Brooks back. Like he, Brooks is going to come back from the Celestial Temple. He's going to be in season two of of Star Trek Picard. No. 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 He's. <laughs> He, I, he he's done he's done with it like they couldn't even get him to come back for the what you leave behind documentary like that's he right. wouldn't even like he wouldn't even come to to talk about it then I, he he's he's done with star trek like yeah, i don't I know if he goes to conventions or anything like that i don't i, I don't either no i know that whenever they were when um when um when shatner was doing um one of his documentaries, I think it was like the captains or something like that. Um, I think that was like the last time that you really saw Avery Brooks doing anything with Star Trek. Like, I think he's like, I mean, he's, he's done. Like he's just, he's just done doing Star Trek stuff for the time being. So it would probably take a lot, but yeah, not only that, but we also got rid of Kai Wynn. So listen, like people are like, I hate Kai Wynn. Like, but like, why do you hate Kai? Think about why you hate. You don't hate her because she's a poorly written character. You hate her because she's amazing, and Louise right. Fletcher crushes that role. That's true. <laughs> that is a hundred percent true, my friend. Yeah. But yeah, this is 
this is just so phenomenal and yeah like you you have like this sense of of pure joy um at different times in this and then like you get the gut punch like only star trek can do with what happens with with cisco at the very end so um you you go i think this is a great bookend by the way you have this like broken apprehensive man who's thinking about giving up on things and just going and living a quote-unquote normal life for the most part um not wanting to have anything to do with these bajoran things right and this like celestial temple emissary stuff to a confident man a a healed man i believe um who has accepted who he is not just as a leader but like in starfleet but also to the bajoran people as a spiritual leader um I, I think it's been a, it's a great trajectory in terms of like where it started and how it finished. Um, I I would personally like to see him back, even for a moment. But I'm I'm not going to hold my breath. Either. I don't know. You watch that how I how what we left behind documentary and they storyboard like a pilot episode for a next season. Oh my gosh, They're like, that was beautiful. give me that, give me that. <laughs> I want that. Yeah, <laughs> I want, I want that season too. eight. <laughs> Look, if they can, if they look, if they can break, like what is it, like season twenty-one of Law and Order, ten years after it was canceled, there ain't no reason they can't do a season eight of Deep Space Nine. You know, uh, they what, got Patrick 20, Stewart 20 back. Twenty some they odd years later, Patrick Stewart back eighteen years later. Let's go, somebody. Let's do this. Yeah, I want it. I, I want, want it too. All right. Well, I think I think that's the list, dude. All right. Do you have them ranked at all? I do not. Okay. I just have them in order. That's yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Sorry count, to we disappoint could, you, my friend. We could count them down because we did that. We think we counted them down with Janeway. And, I think we and did Picard, too. But... And Picard. Yeah. But yeah, I. I don't think I'd be able to do that on the fly right now. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Sorry, bud. Sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> no, no. I was just curious if you had them ranked or not. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that's that's the and um, this has been a longer episode. Sorry, gang, out y'all listening to our voices in your ears. But um, there's a lot to talk about. We there's it's Deep Space Nine. Of course, there's a lot to talk about. Um, but Eric, we have to talk about the most important thing this episode. The people reason list the people people the reason people listen this this show the people reason <laughs> you know, the people reason <laughs> the people reason <laughs> we have to talk about the people reason. And that is the Twitter poll. Twitter poll. All right, Eric. <laughs> All right, so I I, got, I did the people reason. I, I pulled the people of the Twitter, and I asked them this, this on-point, on-brand question. You ready for this? Which comedian from the 1990s would Benjamin Sisko laugh the loudest to? <laughs> Okay, give it to give it to me. All right, so here are the choices. So, which comedian from the 1990s would Benjamin Sisko laugh the loudest to? Choices were Jim Carrey, Steve Martin, Martin Short, Robin Williams. Jim Carrey, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Robin Williams.
I think Steve Martin, it would be more along, like, the lines of Cisco's type of humor, maybe. Okay. But I'm, I'm going to answer Robin Williams, because I think, I think that's the winner. Okay. Because final answer? He's Robin Williams. That's true. All right, final answer? Martin Short. Martin Short, fourth place, 0% of the vote. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's go to the results, my friend. So coming in... So again, question is, which which comedian from the 1990s would Benjamin Sisko laugh the loudest to? Choices again, Jim Carrey, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Robin Williams. Coming in in fourth place with 0% of the vote, Martin Short. <laughs> Got that one. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> All right, man. Coming in third place with 10% of the vote. Jim Carrey. Okay, so now it's down to Steve Martin and Robin Williams, my dude. The runner-up with 40%. 40, this is like breaknet, dude. Like This is like tight. 40% of the vote goes to Robin Williams. So your, your logic was sound, right? Yes, it was. 50%. Went with Steve Martin. I mean, it, it made sense. I just figured with as popular as Robin Williams is. Yeah. There we go. All right. Well, that's the show. That's the show. We'll be back uh, next time. Uh, make sure y'all stay up to date with our um, um, our recaps, our discussions of uh, Strange New Worlds. There hasn't been anything at the time of this recording that I've seen in terms of when. The next Star Trek show is going to drop. Um, I know that Lower Decks was advertised as summer of 22, but there hasn't been a date that's been announced yet. No, so. And they, I think they just announced season five of Discovery started filming. That's right. Yeah, they just started production on that for season five. So, yeah, we we got plenty of stuff a, a coming. So, um, anyway, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Eric, thank you so much for the robust discussion about um, the fantastic show and the fantastic captain from that show. Um, Captain Cisco from Deep Space Nine. Thank you as always. Um, everyone, what do you think? What do you think of our list? Um, what would you consider um, some a definitive episode list of um, Benjamin Cisco? Um, send us a note. Email us. You know, post it in on Facebook. Send us a tweet, direct message, whatever. We would love to hear it and um, and love to share it on a future episode. Um, so yeah, let us know. Um, you can connect with us on all the things, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Twitter, all at TRTVPod. You can also check us out, TRTVPod.com. You can learn more about the show. You can also support the show financially if you'd like to with some affordable tiers on Patreon. Um, but yeah, if you do want to um, you know, send us something, make sure you open up hailing frequencies, entering coordinates to TRTVPod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. There is a three-minute limit before we figure out that it's a fake so get on with it uh, finally if you do want to <laughs> mail us something like I don't know something cool whatever it is something Deep Space Nine related love to get it Lone Star Station P.O. Box 2455 Azel Texas 76098 everyone thank you so much for listening and as always remember to boldly go and make it so <laughs>